Hello everyone. This is usually the bit of Queer and Pleasant Strangers where we open up with a bit of a joke and we do something silly, and it felt weird to jump into today's episode without acknowledging that a lot's going on this week. We recognise that Queer and Pleasant Strangers is a show that a lot of people come to for some light-hearted silliness and relief, and we want the show to still be that this week, but it felt wrong to jump into all of that without at least talking about what's going on up front, and we can get to the positives and the silly in a minute. As you are undoubtedly aware, there are a lot of protests going on in the US right now, and indeed around the world, sort of, that have sprung from that, as a result of just the way black people have been treated in general for the last 400 years. Indeed. Like, the event that caused these protests to start, the, the, the event was the unjust killing of a man named George Floyd, who was pinned down by his neck uh, until he could not breathe, until he died by a police officer. But these protests aren't about one black man's death. They're about the constant death of black people at the hands of white people, often white police officers, and the fact that this is a systemic problem that black people have tried to peacefully protest. It, it's There have been countless attempts by black people to peacefully protest the fact that they are constantly killed by white police officers, and nothing ever gets done about it. And these protests are a boiling point that I think needs to happen. I think all that we really need to say is, we fully stand behind those protesting. Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Support any bail funds that you can to help people who have been arrested during this to, you know, get back out. We'll try and pop some links in the description. Will do. And just stay safe out there if you are in America right now or if you are somewhere where there are protests happening. We're not unaware of what's going on. We hope that we can provide some silliness and levity, but we know the backdrop we're doing that against. Stay safe, everyone who's protesting. We stand behind you. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch-up and talk about bits of media that we have consumed mm. and the such and try and do silly voices and skits. Because that's that's how we do. It's how we do. That's how we get by. We are silly skit voice doers. Yep. Nary a day goes by we, we don't do a silly voice or skit of some variety. Of some variety. Indeed. If not for you, at least for each other. Well, that's it. A lot of what we do is we just make silly voices at each other around the house. There are many a character that exists only within our household because they would make no sense on this podcast. Indeed. I commonly think about the state-mandated Calippos, mm -hmm. an event that could never be recreated, but we'll still, you know, we have our various characters we do. This day, the state has awarded you orange. Oh, goodness. Ah. <laughs> uh, Shall we jump right into it and talk about some games that we've played this week? Things we've played, sure things. Things we've played. What have you played this week? What have I played? Oh, you, you, oh, you got me. Oh, oh were, you you not, were you not ready? Also Would you ready? like me to talk about what I've played this week? Yeah, sorry, I was still, That's still fine. on the last thing. I'll throw the ball back to both yeah. of us. We played a thing together this week. We played Pandemic Legacy Season 2 to completion. Yes, so... Because at the weekend, it sure seemed like not E3 was going to imminently be arriving, and as such, we're like, probably not going to have a chance to play Pandemic Legacy for a few weekends. Um, let's just do the last four months in a single day. 
Actually, no, we did it over two days, didn't we? We did two games one day, three games the next. But, uh, yeah, we finished off that season two. Yeah. A lot happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that, there was some genuinely unexpected story beats that were really interesting having played yeah. season one. The plot did great. Yeah. I very much enjoyed the sort of revelations about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, mechanically... There were some real, real tough mechanical consequences in that final month. Mm-hmm. Like, that big final objective that seemed purpose-designed to be like, hey, you know these characters you love? Or oh, we're gonna we're gonna put them through the ringer. They're going to die real quickly. Yeah, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make a sacrifice to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised with how different this felt to the to season one yes yeah it really built to this like like terrifying crescendo whereas like december like it was interesting the story was really interesting Mm. it didn't feel like it had that sort of super urgency that season two did yeah see season one that no matter how much it mechanically changed over time largely each game was the same sort of objectives each time yeah this had very, very, very different kinds of things towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it it encouraged us more to cycle through characters than we did in season one. I mean, we didn't have much choice. Well, that's <laughs> so that's, there was there was the yeah. the two characters that we retired that we'd sort of started playing with and played most of the through way yeah. through the game. Yours had like a bunch of scars, and it was like it might not survive anymore. Yes, and what we didn't want was a character dying mid session and someone having to use a generic because we that would be a guaranteed loss for that month probably. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then we had a couple of unexpected oh, new character needs rolling at the last minute. Well, you got your second character out, and they survived right to the end. Yeah, Stinkbutt sort of. stink stink the janitor. Stinkbutt the janitor was our hero. The, the sanitation worker who dug through the trash for our sins. I have actually written on the front of our Pandemic Legacy Season 2 box, uh, like underneath Pandemic <laughs> Legacy Season 2, it just says, Stinkbutt saved the world. <laughs> yeah, it, you, you, you had a couple toward the end. I did, because... Uh, I had Alice Shulgin the second, who lasted a single. Who uh, lasted a single game. game? She was dosed up to her eyeballs in cure, and and then popped her clogs uh, very quickly. In fact, because <laughs> um, we had a series of uh, of outbreaks. Yes, uh, incidents. Sorry. I am glad we did get to see Doctor Chad. Gutsy Doctor Chad. Yeah, our sort of character we rolled up, who was just the most like bro of doctors. Uh, yeah, where did we pick him up from? He was like somebody when we were just searching and we were like, this guy looks like Dr. Chad. Yeah, he looked like a surfer, but he was a doctor, so we called him Dr. Chad. Dr. Chad. <laughs> We've been making jokes about him the whole game and I was glad he got to see some playtime. Yeah. So I, I finished as Dr. Chad, you finished as Stinkbutt. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, 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 that those, last, those two Decembers that we played, like yeah. that, that was a lot. There, there was a lot of... Areas that we never got round to scratching off the silver bits on the card and had to do it sort of after the game. To be fair, most of those were things like if you haven't moved fast enough or you've lost too many games, 
then well, this was, will help you catch up. There was those, but there was also the like search areas. Like we basically searched none of the locations in Asia because we got there so late in in the game that we were like, "There's too many much more important plots to do right now. We don't have time." It seemed largely keyed that we had to. So yeah, yeah. Like, I I think we would have really struggled to move any faster than that because like a lot of those places, we didn't even get the option until like much later in the game. So. Yeah. And maybe if we'd had more people, we might have been yes. able to to get more searching. But because it was just the two of us, there was mm. like a lot of places we didn't scratch off until yeah. post game, and we were like, "What was the thing?" Additionally, um, yeah. um, yeah. While we're on that, on the topic of those search points, um, yeah, please bring back the scratch off technology from season one, please. Oh God, season two's stuff comes off in far too fine a. a powder it's, and it's 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 static. sticky it's really sticky and um he doesn't brush off of surfaces no certainly none of the surfaces we had yes um, it was a sensory nightmare yeah towards the end we were like should we just scratch off all the things and see what the things we we never got to oh, see we, we were having a race to be like who's gonna have the sensory breakdown first it was this. me <laughs> not by far i was right behind you i, I was like i was I think I scratched off like the last three or four and I'm like, don't worry about it. We'll just clean it up. I... This is all finished. And I was just like, I was getting more flappy and more anxious. And I was like, oh. I'm going to get the hoover. You, you had the genius level move of uh, taking the head off of the vacuum cleaner and, and just using the metal sides of the hose to scrape the thing, but also hoover up the suction. Shavings. I need suction. Yeah, ah! no, you, it was a fucking brilliant move. <laughs> so season three, when that eventually happens, please bring back the season one scratching tech because I quite enjoyed scratching cards off on season one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all the little miniatures, mm. and I suspect that if we ever need miniatures for an, a different game, we're like, oh, we don't have enough miniatures. We can build our own board game out of all these yeah. bits we've got. We have so many legacies. cool bits of, of, of boards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I continue to very highly rate Pandemic Legacy as mm-hmm. a thing. Um, there's a lot of stuff, I think, in hindsight, if we played Season 2 again, like there are definitely mistakes we made and things we could have done better that we can see yeah. in hindsight. Uh, whittling down the player deck as opposed oh. to the epidemic deck is definitely a thing we needed to do. Just whittling down both simultaneously. Yes. From like, as soon as you get that technology. Yeah. Because I don't think that helped with our, our search stuff. Because oh, there yeah. was... We, we hadn't thought to get rid of like, eh, there's two of these. One of these is searchable. One of these is not. We yeah. just get rid of the one that's not. Yeah. Because we... towards the end, we had like all 10 epidemics in mm. the deck. We were getting an epidemic like roughly every four, like every every yeah. four turns, and we still weren't actually getting through most of the deck. Yeah, we were never worried about like, oh, we're gonna run out of of deck, and that's gonna yeah. end the game early. Exactly. We we were struggling to find cards we needed because we had way too many cards in that deck. Yep. And it it, it that was our bad. We we were too fixated on get rid of the things that could. Like I I understand why we got rid of the epidemic deck stuff. I, I also would have perhaps, instead of getting rid of random cities, would have been like, let's try and get rid of every North American city off of the Epidemic deck. Like, try and get entire locations you don't have to go back yeah, to. Yeah, it would have been an idea. Yeah, but you, you learn. And like, if we could have got, like, an entire landmass, that pro- in fact, like, all of the North South America landmass. Yes. That probably would have been perfect. Yeah. In in hindsight, I think that would have been a wiser move. And if I played season two again, that would probably be a priority. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, you learn as you go. Indeed. Well then, what about you? Have you played anything else this week? Um, uh, yeah, I finished The Dig, which I mentioned last week. So it's that LucasArts the one. LucasArts, um, Steven Spielberg, too big to be a film game. Yeah, how, how was that? Narratively, it's interesting. I hate the main character. Like, yeah. he's, he's just a military jerk. And he's he's dry like they're they're trapped on a, a a strange planet, like who knows how far away from Earth, and he's still trying to be like I'm the the senior person here, I'm in charge. Oh. He's like he doesn't speak the language. He's not very good at the puzzles. Most of the time, he doesn't like under he just doesn't flat doesn't understand things. Mm. Like it's it feels weird that you're playing this person that has done all these things. Because whenever he talks, he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just a military guy. I'm just this. I'm just that." It's like, why aren't we playing the reporter? Because she's, she's you know, worked out the language just from context. Yeah. She manages to like have a whole conversation with this dead alien. Hey, you know why you're not playing as the as the reporter? Because you've got to play as the man. Because man do good. Man do good. Man do good. Play man. Be man. Do good. Like narratively, <laughs> is a fascinating story. Yeah. Um, but and like and the moon logic for that game as well. Like yes. there is so much. Oh, of all the LucasArts ones, I think that is probably one of the the more moon logicy. Yes. Like I don't get what's going on or why or and the other the problem that I find with the less cartoony games is that it's much harder to work out. Hey, is that a thing that I I need? Is that a thing yeah. I can click on? Is that an interactable or is it part of the backdrop? Yeah. Again, Simon the Sorcerer sorted that out perfectly mm. with the press this button and it will show you all the highlights. Mm. There were there was a few times when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with this puzzle. I'm looking at this guide and the guide says I've done something wrong or I'm missing something. It's like, what is the thing I need? Oh, okay. I missed this like four or five pixel thing that looks yeah. like background looks perfectly like background. Mm. This this is why uh I was watching one of those indie directs a little while ago and there was a very Ghibli esque art style game and they did a really smart thing where anything that was non interactable or backdrop was like a very realistic art style. Mm -hmm. And anything that was like a character that you could interact with or an interactable like uh environmental element had the sort of cell shaded Ghibli style. And you could tell at a glance that I can inter interact with that I can't. See, I like the idea in like doing it in an animation style in the way that yeah. when you watch certain animated movies, you can tell what's painted background and what's um like yeah. uninteractable because it's a, just it's, a slightly different color tone. Uh, it's either it's different color tone and usually different line work. Yeah, and like I'm sure that's bolder lines. I'm, I'm sure that's probably not something they're terribly proud of, but like I I like the idea that maybe doing that in an animated game. Yes. Just like that is a thing I can interact with because I can tell that it's just like slightly differently designed. Yeah. But it does fit in the world. Uh, Smash Bros. on the 3DS had this thing where you could customize the thickness of the line art around a character. Mm. And that seems like the kind of thing that would really help for something like that is just slightly bolder line work. Yeah, some, something. Maybe just to like make that. it pop. Mm hmm. What about you? Have you played anything else? I played another thing with you. You did? Uh, we started playing through Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition you on the Switch. Banana boy. You have now met uh, Metal Face, I believe his name is. Uh, yes, Metal Face and the, the other Metal yes, Face the, one. Yes. Uh, face? I think the other one was actually... Uh, yeah, sorry, it was uh, Zorn. Uh, uh, yeah. Zorn? Zorn, uh, Zorn and Metal Face. Yes. Um, yes, Zorn with his old... This is Paradiminado, is it? Yeah. So for anyone who's not played it, this was a, a Wii game about a decade ago. 
there's there's there was a war. There's these two big giants, these titans. The four one is like life, and one is machines. And they had a big fight, and now their corpses are where everyone lives on these giants. And the the robots are attacking the people. Oh, why are they doing that? And there's a magic sword that can can chop the robots. They can't chop people. Adventure has to occur. Um, yeah, how, how are you finding it so far? There's a lot going on, and like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, it's got a lot of fucking tutorials. Yes. Um, do you want to get on with the game? It's like, mm, yes, I do. Thanks very much. Yeah, but no. what if we told you first about how the menu system works? Cool. What if we told you about how the collectible screen works? Cool. By the, like, by the time I need to use a lot of these things, I feel like I've like just forgotten or yeah. failed to understand them. It doesn't pace those tutorials very well. No. But like, once you're into the game, it it mechanically it's very similar to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's a sort of um, JRPG where you've got auto attacking and you've got moves on a cool cooldown bar down the bottom. The main difference is your main character has some magic sword moves that do things, as opposed to getting your blade to do different things. Yeah, so it's like you your your magic sword can do things like make a shield or let everyone in the party hit robots or speed someone up so their ev- evasiveness goes up to like 95% or do a big hit. Do a big hit. Yeah. I I very much enjoy Xenoblade. It's it's kind of campy and cheesy and the voice act the, the very British voice acting is voice acting's the, hilarious. It's it's the good kind of hilarious. Yeah. It's it's endearing in its weirdness. Yeah, it's not quite that. Hello, Governor Pip Pip chops away it's, that you get in a lot of yeah, like American it's, games. It's authentic, but just like just weird enough. Yeah, just just exaggerated enough in the right places. Yeah, and it's nice to see Nop on again. Oh yes, yes. More colourful this time. Indeed. Um, I'm excited for us to have time to get through some more of this because like. Hmm. <sighs> Y- yeah. you, you don't seem so convinced. Uh, we need to do some grinding because we just can't get through that boss. And I know that your thing with RPGs is like, yeah, be a bit underleveled and have a bigger challenge. Yeah, it's I know like, that's not your I, thing. I, I, I literally cannot play this. Yes. Uh, that is totally fair. Very much, I remember this boss being a specific, okay, yeah, I have to go and grind, have to do the thing. Um, it, it's one of the things that I think Xenoblade, the original Xenoblade gets wrong with its um, difficulty pacing is... In the early sections of the game, it tries to do this thing where it goes, hey, you can't, your sword doesn't work against these couple of very big specific um, robots. That's real weird. Um, And it tries to sort of really hammer home this idea that you are just powerless to harm them. And it does that by giving you some very, very, very difficult boss fights. Hmm. Um, And like, I get what they're going for. It's so that once you overcome that hurdle and you can hit them as you can the rest of the enemies, it's suddenly like, aha, I suddenly feel so much more in control of the situation. Hmm. But like, it does mean a couple of boss fights, particularly this one we got to just like at the weekend. Hmm. Not fun to fight. And it feels like the twist is that they're semi-biological or cyborgs or something. I'm, I mean, it's kind of... Like, it's kind uh, of written in the, like, oh, the Monado doesn't hurt biologicals. but yeah. it, And it can't hurt these things. What could that mean? I, I mean, like, that, that much is not super hidden. But, like, I think 
what they do with that premise and how they get to that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, okay, I can kind of see that maybe these are going to be kind of biologically somehow. Also, they ki- killed off one of the best characters in, like, the first two hours. In- indeed they did, and I, 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 yeah, she is one of the best characters. Fiora's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't worry, you'll get to see more of Fiora at some point. You'll get to see some more Fiora. Okay. Fiora's Fiora's a good character. You'll get to learn more about her. Flashbacks. Flashbacks. <laughs> but yeah, what about you? You played anything else? Uh, yeah. So having finished uh, the the dig, the dig, uh, the dig, uh, played uh, started playing some uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlanta. Yes. Tell me about this. How's this one going? Um, it was one of the first LucasArts games I ever played on okay. my very own P sixty PC. Ooh. Back in like ninety. Four, five, maybe? Oh, wow, that's a while ago. around the time of my first nervous breakdown. I know this because I sold that PC for under £200. I was not old enough to have a nervous breakdown at that age. Good, I'm glad. (laughs) I was about three. No no one that old should be having their first nervous (laughs) breakdown. Um, Yes, Uh, so yeah, uh, Fate of Atlantis was... It's it's interesting because unlike a lot of the other LucasArts games... Or like some of the early scum games, which are like, "Hey, here's a bunch of characters hmm. do different things." It's like, okay, there are these two characters, and you can go through as indie and hmm. like do just indie wits on his own, or you can do indie punchy on his own, yeah, or you can do India and Sophia work shit out together. And that seems like that sounds like the more rewarding way to play. Um, I mean, that's the way I've always played it. At some point, maybe I should try some of the others, like, just to experience the other puzzle aspects. It sounds like you're doing the good one. It really does. Um, yeah, like, it's, it's a, it's a strange game. Yeah. Um, so basically, you are trying to find out the fate of Atlantis, because Nazis are after Auric Alchem. It's got Uh all the power of a nuclear bomb, and uh, none of the radiation. Mm. Like, ooh, they could do all these things. So, indie being indie, got to go around the world and in- encounter, like, a bunch of different people. And, like, hey, do you know anything about Atlantis? Do you know? Well, you got to find these books and find a translation and find all these other scientists, most, most of whom are just Tomb Raiders of some sort. Yeah. Like, just, just fancy grave robbers. <laughs> Because let's not forget, that's basically all Indiana Jones is. Yeah. Hey, what if I went into ancient tombs of other cultures and took their their old treasures? Smashed the shit out of things and then said it belongs in a museum. An American museum. Of course. Of course. I was like, wow, you could almost be British. <laughs> Cutting burns. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, the the... The mechanics of it are interesting. The puzzles are interesting. I, I find some of the representation in the, in the game a little bit problematic. Really? A the game accents from a... aren't as dodgy as I thought they were going to be. I mean, that would have been my first assumption was dodgy accents. But... We got to Algiers and I was like, oh, I bet there's going to be some dodgy accents here. Uh, they haven't been the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like, they haven't been... It's, it's more been like a guy uh, who has... Barely any accents at all. Who will finish sentence with with Effendi? Okay, yeah. It's not like they lent into 
It's just one of the people we had on our team doing a voice. <laughs> it's Dave doing a really, really, really racist accent. That was yeah. like somewhat, somewhat relieving. But yeah, there's um, there's not enough Nazi punching. I know that comes later in the game. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad, that the, Nazi I'm glad the game eventually has Nazi punching. I remember that very well. Like I remember the thing I remember most about this is like. The puzzles felt very manageable mm. because it does that LucasArts thing of, hey, you are trying to do the thing. It's not working. I'm going to just say a word in bold, which might help you work <laughs> out what the hint is. Like, uh, I can't remember what it was. There's one where you're trying to convince Sophia to volunteer for, um, uh, to, to be a, a volunteer for a knife throwing performance. Right. You can sort of get to stand near the performer and sort of like watch and then, if you like, try and talk to her or try and do something else, uh, it like it doesn't quite get her to to be involved. Yeah. And eventually, if you keep talking to her, she'll be like, "Well, you know, are you just trying to give me like a nudge in the right direction? <laughs> are you saying I should push you?" Book. <laughs> oh, that worked. I feel really bad now because you. I just pushed you at a man who was going to throw knives at you. <laughs> oh, no. But. Hmm. That was the solution to the puzzle. Thanks, so th game. thanks for telegraphing that. But huh, Andy's an asshole. Little bit. Yeah, but I suppose that's what happens when your dad's Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you played anything else? Uh, the last one I'll talk about very quickly is not one I've played, but one that I'm very Ooh. excited to play because of something I read about it. Ooh. Um. I was reading a really interesting article about The Last of Us 2, which comes out at the end of this month. Ooh. Uh, in short, apparently... I thought they delayed it for all various reasons. Uh, I think it's... Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was still coming out the... Yeah, end of June. It was, oh, meant okay. to, it was meant to come out like at the end of May, and then it got pushed back by like a month or something. Oh, it was, I assumed it was a much bigger... I thought that maybe... the, it was one of the ones that had been postponed indefinitely originally. I, I think it was postponed indefinitely, and then it got a new release date in June. Indefinitely means a month. <laughs> well, I, it's been weird. This game has had so many release dates, I've lost track. But, um, That's fair. Yeah, so I was reading this article, and apparently, like... Obviously, take this with a grain of salt. I haven't tried it yet. Who knows how well it's actually executed? Is that the grain of that salt? That's a grain of salt, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, apparently, the game has, like, one of the most robust menus ever in terms of, like, accessibility options Ooh. and modes. Um, and they've gone out of their way to make the game entirely playable in ways that have clearly taken a lot of extra effort and, if they work, are really impressive steps forward for the industry. Uh, the one they talk about uh, that, that really caught my attention was they've designed the game so that it can be completely playable from start to finish with no visual. What? I don't know how, but they, they've Thanks. talked about people in the development team have, based solely on audio cues with a certain mode turned on, navigated an entire level like and audio completed it. Um, there is... Uh, I know that there is text-to-speech in multiple languages for all on-screen text, so you can have text-to-speech for all on-screen text. Okay. Uh, I know if you're hard of... If you've got, like, poor eyesight, you can change the entire colour palette of the game so it's high contrast. So, like, um, your character you're playing as will be in sort of bright red, 
enemies will be in sort of bright green and everything else be sort of uh, a different colour scale. Okay. So that, like, it's easier for you to identify here are objects and things, um, if so that people who have really poor vision should still be able to sort of tell what's going on. Wow. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like, apparently they've got something like 60 different accessibility modes. Wow. Um, and the, the list of them... Uh, in in this article, I believe it was on the verge. If 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 these me- modes work as well as they're sort of being touted, this sounds like a real impressive step forward for accessibility. Yeah. Um, I am now desperate to get my hands on that game because I want to try all these modes. I want to I want to try playing through because that the main one is that that um that mode for just doing it off audio cues. Because if that is possible, if that is le- a legitimate thing. That is like a whole section of people that may not have played video games. That is a triple A video game playable without ever looking at it. And that's, that would be a wondrous thing. So yeah, I I really want to get into that. I I need to get review code for that game. I want to dig around with them accessibility options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you? You played anything else? Uh, I had a quick go on Lego Worlds. Oh yeah. Do you remember this? Uh, which of the Lego games is this? Lego Worlds is, uh, like, they're... It felt like they were trying to do Minecraft with Lego. Oh, that one, You know one, how yes, everyone was like, yes. it's... it's. Everyone was like, Minecraft, it's kind of like Lego for other... For, like, all ages, but in computers, and it's really simple. And Lego went, told my brakes. Yeah. So, how how is it? Uh... Have you played any of the like Lego, like Lord of the Rings or Hobbit? Oh or yeah, Harry yeah, Potter yeah, or whatever? yeah, yeah. It it feels like it's very much based on that sort of engine. Okay. Sometimes you punch things. Sometimes you get stuff out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also like, hey, you can like look around for unique build things around the world, and you can copy that. And then you can have that as a thing that you can pop into the world. Yeah. Like, here is a weapon. You've oh, you've helped someone out. Yeah. Well, you can now go and copy them. Sort of like your um, blueprints in Dragon Quest Builders sort of thing. Yeah, but there are blueprints as well. Okay. So there, there right. are things like, here is a, a boat. Here is a particular type of tree. Yeah. And then it, you get to somewhere like, there's a whole house or something, or a castle. It's like, I like that house or castle. I'm going to use the blueprint mode to just completely copy that whole thing. Okay, yes, I see. And to be fair, the blueprints are a bit finicky, mm. but it does have quite this quite nice, like, hey, you've taken the blueprint, which can only be done as, like, a, a cuboid. Mm. Do you want to now go and, like, hear a bits that are almost on the edge of it? Do you, you want to add those? Or That's nice. Or is there something... Did you get, like, the overhang of a tree in your yes. build? Do you the... want to do that? Okay, that that's that's good. And then once you've saved, like named them and saved them, you can just like bash them out all over the world. Do you want a hundred of these houses everywhere? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that that's pretty nice. And nice that like there's like really simple controls for. I want that. I just want it turned sideways or turned mm. round entirely. Um. Yeah. It's 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 all right, but yeah. it's not Minecraft. No. No, it's it's hey we're Lego we we made blocks first we can do that. It really feels for the most part like hey do you want to play one of like Traveller's Tales? Uh, is yeah, it Traveller's Tales? It is. Yeah. Uh, Traveller's Tales like Lego games, but, but with a, an attempt at like an original plot. Yeah, uh, and like with and some. Mean... Like custom building options. Their original plots aren't always terrible. Like Lego City Undercover was alright. Yeah, that one was. They've occasionally done okay ones, but yeah, that doesn't surprise me. 
Yeah, it feels a bit lackluster, and especially considering like when it first came out, it was going to be like, you can build whatever you want, because you can have all of the bricks and all of the colours and all of the textures, and you can like do blueprints and stuff. And I'm sure if you, like most digital Lego things, like if you want to spend hours like custom moving things around, going into the thing and, and picking out the right stuff, I'm sure you can build literally everything out of Lego, but it's not much fun. <laughs> yeah. Unless fanning about in like that detail with slightly sloppy controls is fun for you. But frankly, I would rather just go, I'm just going to slap it together in Minecraft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's everything I've played. Have that's you played everything else? That's everything I've played as well. Well then. Time okay. for this. Right, right. Gather together, germs. Gather together. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've not social distancing me, us, no. <laughs> so I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah. Sally is inviting a friend inside. Oh, yeah. And you know what that means, you know. Oh, uh, uh, see, that's that's. Here's the thing. She says she's just come to the bathroom, and as 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 we know, as we know, if it's just a quick pop to the loo. Oh, we got to stay hands off, you know. But but what? But like, they're gonna be using those taps that have been used so many yeah, times. Yeah. That's a, a good like cross contamination point. No, no, no. We got to stay back. We got to stay back. We're not allowed to get them if it's just a quick pop to the loo. But, well, but we're germs. No, no, no. You know how the humans have that five-second rule? I mean, I've heard of it, and I know some of the germs, you know, have signed some kind of pact way back in whatever episode of Quips that was in. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I've... Apparently, apparently, we, we the coronavirus uh, germs, virus, I guess, uh, we have, apparently, some of the higher-ups have signed a thing saying, oh, we won't get them if it's just a quick pop to the loo. Ah, God. But, here's the thing, here's the thing. Yeah. If they so much as stop to say, oh, before I go, at that point it's not just a quick pop to the loo, is it? Oh, right. It's a brief social visit. So if they happen to, like, for example, on their way, see, like, a, a trinket on the site, then they'll be like, oh, what a lovely trinket this is. We can just get them. Yeah, that is it. So, so this is why I've mobilised all of our troops to put a very odd fridge magnet just in sight of the bathroom door. God, that must have taken us a while to move that. Oh, we've, we've had all of our troops working on it for weeks and weeks. But... It's there now, and the second they go, oh, what an odd message on the wall. Well, that's them not just popping in for the loo. Gone. Short visit, gone. Nice, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I think we've got our plan sorted. <laughs> Hi, welcome to E3-ish. We're here, we've got some of the biggest gaming announcements of the year. So let's kick it off with the Xbox Series X. Oh, we are so proud to be able to tell you that our console, the most powerful console ever released, is going to have an 8-core, 3.8 gigahertz AMD Zen 2. Rocking. It's, it's going to have a 12 teraflop AMD RDNA 2. Floppy. It's going to have 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM. Shiny. And a terabyte custom NVMe SSD. Something. Yeah, those stats, is that's a lot of stats. Those are some good high numbers. I like those numbers. I like the floppy thing. Yeah, all good. Yeah, now we're going over to the pl Sony with their PlayStation 5 reveal. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the PlayStation 5, we are proud to announce, has an AMD Zen 2-based CPU with 8 cores at 3.5 gigahertz variable frequency. It's also got a 10.28 teraflops, 36 CU at 2.23 gigahertz. We've got a custom RDNA 2, 16 gigabytes of GDR6, 448 gigabytes per second of memory bandwidth, and an 825 gigabyte SSD. That's proper amazing. Like, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that we're getting to see all these things. Do we have some uh, price tags on these things yet? Uh, don't, don't worry about that. You're uh, just, just, just buy it. You'll enjoy it. 
Okay, okay, and now we're going over to the last big announcement of the day. It's the Raspberry Pi Model B4. Yeah, that's right. Crowd really, really, really hype it up. It's um, got more powerful processor, USB-C power supply, micro HDMI ports, a choice of two, four or eight gigabytes of RAM. A gigabit Ethernet port, uh, USB 2, USB 3 ports. There's like two of each of those on there. And it's rattling in at the very high high cost of just $35. I mean, I understood all the words in that. Yeah. Like, it can't be that powerful if I understood all the words in it. I barely had to hear the word teraflops. It can manage uh, 4K, dual display 4K output. Wait, what? Yeah, dual display 4K output. It's even got the largest, technically the largest library of games available because it's an open source system. Uh, and a lot oh. of emulators work on it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Everyone should be racking in, you know, forget like these big, uh, big behemoths. Get yourself a Raspberry Pi 4 right now. There are just some quite incredible cases for that. Yeah, Raspberry Pi. But, but, oh, money. Your money, but not ours. Hey! So, <sighs> what have you put in your eyes? I watched a documentary series this week. Uh, it's a topic I've I've seen discussed other places before, but this is a, a new documentary about it. I watched Macmillions. Ah. Yeah, so you were aware of this. This is about the... Um, I used to work for McDonald's. It's very yes. difficult to escape news of that sort of thing. Yeah, so this was for about a decade. Uh, I believe this was an issue in the sort of uh, in the nineties mainly. Mm-hmm. Back when I was um, there. <laughs> oh wow! It wasn't me. Yes. Well, I believe it was mainly in America, it was wasn't mainly it? In America. Yes. So the short version for anyone who's never heard about this is: there's about I think it was twelve years, largely across the nineties in which uh, McDonald's do this game where, like, ah, oh, you get a Monopoly sticker on your thing and you might win a free drink, or you might win a million quid, yeah! And for this over a decade, there were basically no legitimate winners of the million-dollar prize, because... The person who was supposed to be sending them out. Yeah, there, there was one person who basically was smuggling the winning tickets out of out of the company... And selling them on to other people, and there was this whole like chain of, like I'll sell it to you, and you take your cut, then you g- give it to someone else, and they'll take their cut. And, um, it's a fascinating story. It's so simple that like how he was getting the tickets, he had to take this briefcase with them in, uh, across across the country on flights every now and then, hmm. and he just spotted the other person who owned uh, the other person's code for the briefcase, went to the loo, opened the briefcase, swapped it out for, like, for non-winning tickets, and was like, yeah, it's fine, it's all secure. See? Nothing wrong here. It's all fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm amazed it didn't get caught sooner, because, like, several, like, most of the winners, like, had clear connections to each other, and were from the same suspiciously small part of the country, and... You know, it's it is impressive how long they got away with it without being caught. Well, it seems like from what you were saying that it didn't feel like the FBI were taking it super seriously. Um, like it was on their radar, but it wasn't like this isn't a priority. Yeah. So a lot of this particular documentary focuses on two things. It focuses on the FBI's um, involvement in the case, and it focuses on some of the the winners, as it were, and their stories. Uh, the FBI side is really interesting in that, that basically this got picked up because like 
someone got an anonymous tip at the FBI and it was just stuck as a post-it note somewhere. Like they were like, uh, Monopoly, McDonald's fraud, whatever. Um, and some like pretty new to the force person was like, that sounds more interesting than the healthcare fraud I'm working on. I want to take that. Um, one thing I'd never seen talked about before that this documentary gets into is who the informant was. Um, the long and short of it is one of the sort of um, gangstery types who was involved in distributing the tickets. Not the person who was sneaking them out of the, the factory, but who was like picking who to give them to at the later step. Mm-hmm. Um, he died in a in a car crash and his mother blamed his wife for the car crash and seemingly informed the FBI basically to go fuck you, fuck you. you, you my, my, my son died I'm going to take the only other thing you care about in your life I'm going to take your kid by getting you dobbed in with the FBI wow. yeah and apparently the the woman who dobbed her into the FBI and and this woman they get on good on good terms again now and they're both in their the, the son's life but it's like it's it's real interesting how that all unfolded mm. um what i think was a more interesting part of the documentary was they did a lot of interviews today with people who like accepted those win those million dollar tickets and were like i will go cash this in and say that i have won the million and how that all played out for them and the really sad truth is most of those people, like the people who were like the faces of I won a million dollars, basically saw nothing of that money. Um, because the the mobster who was like, hey, I'll sell you this ticket would be like, hey, well, you have to pay me, you know, 50 grand or 100 grand up front. So people were having to like mortgage their houses to get these, these tickets. Uh, in many cases, he would then like, go, okay, well, I have to take all of the million from you so that I can pay the various people in the chain that led to this and then give you back the money. Uh, Several people never got their money back from him after that because he died and the money mysteriously vanished that he had with him when he died. Uh, So there were people who were like, I've remortgaged my house and now that million has vanished and I don't know where it is. Um, And even on top of that, just people who got saddled with so much tax on top of it that like they were like okay well I'll I'll start profiting like 5 6 years in uh and then got busted 3 years in and were like nope there you go uh there's a really sad story about one where the 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 one of the men who was distributing them them to people gave one to his son and like completely misled him as to the nature of what was going on. He wasn't like, look, this is stolen, but you can have a million if you you do this. He was like, hey, someone's trying to hide some money from their partner in a divorce. Like, this is a legitimate ticket. You give them a hundred grand cut of it, you can have the rest. And he managed to end up not getting uh, getting arrested. He managed to get out of it eventually because he was able to prove, like, look, I... I was misled into the situation. I, I did not know I was handling a stolen ticket, but... God, it's a whole mess of a story. Yikes. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating watch if if you don't know anything about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a weirdly interesting story. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you watched this week? Um, not a lot. I mean, we've watched some more Voyager. Voyager is still going well. I think we're nearly at the end of season four. Yeah, yeah. Trundling through that. Mostly, though, I have been watching um, Nostalgia Nerd documentaries. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just felt like a bit of retro. 
Yeah. Was this who you were watching when you watched that thing about the the VR arcade machine VR thing? Was I that them? I think that might have been them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even write that one down. Yes, that was a documentary about virtuality. Yes. You're probably is... a bit young to remember this. This is what, 80s? 80, 90s. 90s, 90s, 90s VR um, and arcades. Yeah. And, and and other places too. It was like 40 grand for a, yeah. for a unit. Um, yeah, they weren't. They they were not super amazing to look at. They they were they were like the form of VR though. Like so, yeah. you could go places like the London Trocadero. Yeah, and they would have a couple of units to play games. Um, there was a show on I think BBC Two or uh, with Craig Charles called I think it was Cyber Zone. Yeah, <laughs> where it was like a game show and people would like at one point sort of go in and like control characters in that sort of weird. <laughs> polygonal worlds that didn't look great. Early VR is fascinating. Like a, a 65 FOV. <laughs> um, like a frame rate of 20. Yep. Uh, and, you know, that being pretty revolutionary for the time. And apparently these games are still very playable. Yeah. But, um, yeah, quite a lot. And the unit's super, super heavy. Mm. Although they, they, they did uh, sort of slowly uh, lighten up a bit. Um... I also watched one about uh, the history of the Sinclair Spectrum. So, like, the, the Z80s, the ZX81s, arrived to the Spectrum Plus 2, which I didn't realise was basically an Amstrad product. Because ah. I found that out in the Amstrad one that I also watched. Because <laughs> uh, I never had a, a CPC. Um, I had a PCW8512. Used to be my mum's office computer, and she was like, you can have a computer. I was like, it's just a word processor with... Like a green screen that this keyboard plugs into and two three three inch floppy drives. Have you ever seen a three inch floppy disk? Oh, they're wild. It's like, what? They're re- okay. <laughs> three and a half inch, understand that. Yeah. Three inch, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I didn't even realise that that was a standard as a kid. Like, because yeah. I'd never seen the damn things. <laughs> I was like, I've got a computer, I can type things on it. Sometimes my mum's boyfriend writes horrifying messages. Oh no! Uh, on on things that I'm trying to write, and then I boot it up, and I'm like, "Oh, that's really fucking creepy. Who wrote that?" <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Childhood drama. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had friends who had like had the CPC four six four and. Although I was a hardcore Commodore 64 fan, like I cannot deny that the graphics were very pretty on that, yeah. and synthesized speech on Treasure Island Dizzy, very Ooh. impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and that was technology that they ended up pushing pretty hard. Uh, also watched the Amiga one. It was nice to see all the boxes for all the different Amigas that as a kid I would read through like Commodore Format magazine. And be like, oh, and I would wonder like to own an Omega and and have like the the the, the comics pack with 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 Captain Planet game and and the New Zealand story, <laughs> and like uh, the Batman pack and just oh and the advert of um uh, the Sunshine on a Rainy Day advert with like the Lemmings trailer. Just like, oh my god, all these things look so amazing. It's so good. <laughs> the very tiny chain just being like, I want to nerd out all over all these things, but we can't afford a fucking Amiga. Baby. <laughs> it's nice to nerd out about those things. Apparently, like, the, um, the, the, when the, when we were actually, when we were watching the virtuality, um, uh, documentary, 
they went to, was it the Leicester Computer I, Museum? Yes. <laughs> and then the first thing I come in is just like, look at all those Amigas. We've mm-hmm. <laughs> got so many of the Amiga packs, it's beautiful. Uh, I... Picturing, picturing adorable nerdy baby Jane <laughs> is adorable, and I love you. I love you too. I also watched the one about the Sega Mega uh, Sega Master System. Yeah, the Master System. They had games on cards. Have you ever seen games on cards? Yeah. <laughs> like what? There was only apparently they only made ten games that came out on the card system, and then they just retired the whole thing. It's like. No, nobody wants this. Yeah, UK version. UK version of the um, Master System got a pack-in version of Super uh, of Hang On, hmm. and and like that's mostly what people in the UK saw. The the Game Boy Advance tried to do a card system thing for a while. They had uh, they had those cards that you could swipe to play games. Wow, it's mainly like you could swipe a card and play an NES game. Oh yeah, I remember that that being a whole thing, and like there was like cards you could collect, and you'd need like ten of them to do a thing. Yeah, it was a weird system. Yeah, I've heard about those. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah, uh, I think that's everything I've watched. Other than that, I've just watched a bunch of TikToks because that's about all I can handle right now. Is yeah, like I mean, I've watched a lot of news. I've watched so much news. I've watched too much news, and then gone. You know what? I need to palate cleanse myself. Five to ten second long. Ha! That was a bit funny. That was a bit funny. Uh, now I, I need to get back to the politics. Indeed, it's. I I needed I need a ten minute break to just palate cleanse myself with some some mindless silly. Okay, let's get back to the world. And then I, then I very much sit there going. I realise I'm in a very priv- privileged position to be able to go. I can take five to ten seconds away from this. Yeah. <sighs> Shit needs to change. It does. <sighs> well then, time for this. Time for this. Laura, got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like? Uh, do you like learning things? I do like learning. Do you like things. knowing stuff? I like knowing stuff. Do you like having information that I'm... you have learned from places which are possibly online? I like being informed of things possibly online so that I know how to do more things. Do you like skills that have been shared? I do. Then try share skills. Ah, is this is this one of those places where I can like like you know learn to do I don't know programming or play a guitar or those those kind of things? It's got that sort of vibe to it, but no. Oh, what do I what do I learn here? It's your online destination for learning practical skills such as how to stim in public without drawing attention, how to find a good trans-friendly bathroom, or how to find a restaurant in a new town that serves food that you can actually manage eating. Oh, so this is like life skills for neurodiverse and and, and minority people who all the day-to-day skills for oh. people that need those particular types of skills those those highly specific things that no one really tells you how to do yeah but yeah, you have to sort of fumble, fumble through fumbleters. yeah oh heck this sounds this sounds really useful it is so head on over to share skills oh wow Shareskills.lol.net and enter the code QNPS120. 120! 120, that's twice 60. That's that's a lot. That's more than two years. That's more than two years. (laughs) Uh, Enter the code and you can get 35% off your first six months of courses. That's a lot of courses. That's a lot of courses. All sorts of practical skills. Oh. I can't wait to learn how to make it look like I'm looking someone in the eyes without having to look at them in the eyes. The secret is to focus on their nose. 
inside the boardroom of Electronic Actors Softworks. Hi. 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 So, uh, business continuing to plod along, all right, huh? Yeah, love, uh, love the business, love the business. Uh, have noticed that there's been a bit more kickback recently on some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the way we do things. Yeah, there was that whole thing where we said we were going to reveal gameplay and then we just didn't. And we thought that would just quietly go away, but we need to be more careful about how we, uh, how we redefine words there. Uh, you got any ideas? Well, I mean, one we've been working on recently is, uh, we're, we're changing how we call things subscription services. Like, obviously, we want people to subscribe to our content to keep giving us money. Yeah. We like them to keep giving us we, money. We would like them to pay us money and then not permanently have the thing. We can just take the thing away even though they've paid exactly. for it. Exactly. We don't have to, like, release us a new version of the game every year. Yeah. They subscribe to it annually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we, we're changing that because apparently subscriptions becoming kind of a thing. So uh, what we're going is it's it's um, you're buying limited access multiple times. I see, I see, I, I see, I see. Uh, so let me try, let me try, let yeah. me try one. Uh, what if we redesign what it is to sell a game? Okay, you know, okay. Yeah, we're we're not selling you a game. We're permitting you access at our exclusive discretion in exchange for money. Ah, I like it. I like it. Uh, okay, what about a pay? Pay's a good one. Yeah, people uh, don't like to pay for things. Right, we, uh, we, uh, they provide, uh, funds to the vendor, us. But in the footnote, we have, uh, things, something like, uh, payment does not guarantee anything in return from Electronic Active Softworks, hereafter referred to as the poor, struggling charity that should not be expected to give people things all about the small print. You... Are fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> have you put anything in your ears this week? Shouldn't put anything bigger than your elbow in your ears. I, I don't know if any of the things on your listened list are bigger than your elbow. Sound waves. <gasps> oh no, they're smaller than my elbow. Oh yeah, you said bigger than your elbow. Do you mean smaller than your elbow? Anything bigger than your elbow? Anything smaller than your elbow? Ah, that makes you know more I mean? sense. I was like, you should put like a tree trunk in your ear. That's bigger than your yep, elbow. You should put a tree trunk in your ear. What have you listened to this week? Um, <laughs> mm, uh, no, uh, hang on, I've lost my listen to. I can tell you what I've listened to if that. Tell me what you've listened to. Uh so I've been listening to a bunch of punk music this week. Yeah, um, same. I will. I will say this. I started with one punk track and then went. You know what? I need more punk. I need more punk, but also. I don't listen to nearly enough punk by black artists, so I, like, I have one non-black artist punk track, and then I'm gonna go into mainly just black punk bands for the rest of this. Cool. I have, I also have two black punk bands. Uh, one of them, we both have the same band, I've realised. Um, so we'll start with the, the first one, which was, uh, a track called Queer, as in Fuck You, nice. uh, by a band called Dog Park Dissidents. Uh, Is that a Night Vale Residence reference? Uh, it sure sounds like one. Who knows? Um, it's a very sort of like fast and aggressive punk track about rejecting the expectations of heterosexual culture mm -hmm. when you're queer and not being, not feeling like your queer relationship should have to 
followed the blueprint set out by heterosexual relationships. <laughs> but uh, who's the man and who's the woman? <laughs> oh yes, who is who is the man and the woman in your same-sex relationship? Uh, who has the, the trousers and the skirt in your relationship? Yes. I wear both the trousers and the skirt. Thank you Indeed. Uh, oh, with all your old ball and chair. No, no, I don't need to do no, that. Bollocks. No, no. I quite like my partner. <laughs> <laughs> I love my partners. Thank you very much. Uh, and additionally, it talks a lot about... Um, rejection of sanitized corporate pride as well like a lot of like hey don't spend most of the year rejecting my rights and then one month a year go hey buy stuff we stuck rainbows on we stuck rainbows on the things yeah ignore the fact that most of the year we would throw you out of bathrooms mm-hmm. uh really interesting track nice yeah what about you uh i think we're moving on to one of the ones that where we both had the same artist, so I listened to Vacancy by Meet Me at the Altar. I also have a track by Meet Me at the Altar on, on there, who are a uh, queer, uh, all-black women pop-punk band. Yeah, they are. And they're fucking good. Yeah, they are. Um, they've got a really sort of, like, upbeat energy to their punk. Yeah, it's it's a bit more bouncy punk. Yeah, it, it's pop-punk. It's your sort of, like... Th- there is definitely, like, a bit of melody. It's not just sort of distortion and... Uh, Screaming. And I'll, be, I'll be honest, I I don't really know my genres of punk. Yeah. Uh, which is a massive shortfall that's, on my... That's fair. The the sort of, like, bouncy, upbeat nature of it, that is that is very much pop punk's uh, remit. I like pop punk. I like ska punk. Yep. I couldn't name most other types I, of punk. Again, all the bouncy kinds of punk. Yeah. <laughs> so I was um, talking about Oi Punk the other day I was like, I don't actually know what no. that is uh, I, I was listening to a track by uh, Once again by um, Meet, Meet Me at the Altar There was a mm-hmm. track called Tyranny that I got really into yeah. today um, Lots of the lyrics are about like Breaking chains and not letting people in power Feel in control of you Which is Ooh. a good message What about you? You got any others? Uh, I listened to like a half hour set of uh, Big Joni Oh, tell me about um, Big that's Joni. On, they are also a uh, all-female black yep. um, punk band. Uh, they played a set at the Boiler Room London. Mm. Uh, if you look on YouTube, it is Big Big Joni Boiler Room London live set. Nice. And it's uh, like a half-hour set. They they sing about uh, misogyny and um, the 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 song they close their set with is about hating people. Not like shouting at them, but more kind of like quietly unfollow, unfriending them on Facebook, or just casually muting them. <laughs> uh, calm and measured. I'm going to, in a very controlled I, I way, don't just do to. an act of hate. I, I don't. I don't need you in my life. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. Next, the next band I've got for you, which is an all black men uh, punk band, is called TCIYF, which stands for that come in your face. Um. They're a thrash punk band, so they're very, like... Very fast. Uh, yes, very fast, very, like, l- less worried about getting every note perfect and much more about, like, getting the right sort of energy and momentum the in the their energy. very quick punk. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, the track that I, I I enjoyed, that I stumbled upon, was a track called Tupperware. Um and it's not a very long track at all, and it's just about buying your older female relatives Tupperware as a practical, supportive gift. Um... The whole thing about this band is they're very heavy distortion on their sound. Um, their lyrics are kind of absurd. They don't take... It, it, there's a bit of nice uh, dichotomy between like this very sort of angry, fast, aggressive sound and we're just going to sing about something a bit lighthearted okay, and, yeah, yeah. and nice. Um, 
Nice juxtaposition. Yes, the the music videos and the band members themselves seem to have very positive but slightly chaotic energy. Yay! Um, they they've they've all got like slightly, uh, s- just very silly energy. That's the yes. best word for it. Very silly energy. I they don't take energy. their thrash punk too seriously. Yay! Uh, what about you? Um, that's it, really. Pretty much. I listened to a bunch of more. I can't remember if I mentioned this last week. I'm basically listening through all my old hardstyle mixes mm-hmm. for a friend who's like, have you got any hardstyle? <laughs> yes, but I haven't listened to it for a decade and I've changed a lot in a decade, so I want to make sure that there's nothing problematic in there. That's very, very fair. Out of about six mixes that I've listened to so far, I've only had to delete two of them, so... That's a pretty good, uh, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, and I don't know how like how much of it was problematic. I just know there was a couple of tracks where I was like, I would not use those words. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I've got a bunch of other ones I can rattle through nice and quick. Do it. Uh, I want to give a recommendation to just a really good solid album, which if I if I understand right is like a couple of decades old now. Uh, it's by a band called Death, uh, and the album is called For the Whole World to See. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened through most of the album. Real, real fucking interesting. Uh, I've also got uh, Pleasure Venom, uh, who are a all-female black punk band that have like a nice mix of serious messages, but also colourful, non-traditionally punk outfits. Like they're a very fabulous uh, band. Um, explicitly queer content in their music videos, which is nice. Um, the music video I was watching for a track called Death, which was. Um, it was a very upbeat punk track, but it was written after the the death of Trayvon Martin. Mm. Um, there is a lot of rainbow flags in the... I, I think it's like a thrift store that they're sort of dancing around in doing the music video for yeah. this, and uh, they, they seem real fun. Hmm. Uh, there is a, a band called Whole Wheat Bread uh, with a track that I very much enjoyed called White Boys. Uh, the track is about the annoyances of trying to get into the punk scene as a black person, mm. uh, constantly supported, surrounded by just the blandest of white boys all around <laughs> in every direction. Who, Generic white boys who, everywhere. Who feel like they've fallen into the scene without having to try. And he's like, I've worked my ass off for this. And there's just real fucking couldn't give a shit white boys everywhere. Mm. Um, uh, it, it It's done sort of... In lightheartedness and jest, but it sort of talks on what is clearly a very real topic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is a track uh, called Torpedo by a band called The OBGMs. It's a very bouncy, danceable kind of punk track. It's it's almost got a little bit of that scar sort of sensibility Ooh, nice. to it. Um, it's it, it's got less of the horns, but it's it, it's got that sort of bouncy, upbeat nature mm-hmm. that Scar has. Um, it's the kind of punk track that I could see a room full of people smiling and 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 bouncing while they headbang to. Nice. Um, and I think this is the last one. Um, there's a band called The Took Slips. It, it, the Tulips, but there's an X where the U would be in okay. Tulips. Uh, and there's a tra- the track I, I very much enjoyed called Another Tear. It's an all-black woman punk band, and the main thing I can say about their sound is where you might have a keyboard player in your band, they have a keyboard player who is making the sounds of a church organ. Okay. Yeah, so it is it is punk over the sound of a church organ. Nice. And it's I can't say I've ever heard anything similar to it. 
There's a lot, a lot of old like dance music that used to use like electric organ sounds, yeah. and I've always kind of liked that. I, yeah, it's it's an interesting combination, and I think it's well worth checking mm-hmm. out. So, um, I, I, I am... guess I know what I'm listening to this week. Yeah, I, I have a big old list of things that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that's everything I've listened to this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. And so. I shall defeat you before you can ever save your family or find out what was really going on. Now, fight me. It's just a shame you'll never know what was going on behind the scenes. No, I, I really need to know what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, you will die before you find out what was going on. I'd really uh, rather not. That's, that's the bit I kind of want to know. I, I, this is the part where you're meant to fight me. I just want to know what's going on. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. If I tell you what's going on, just like now, yeah. you're going to go, oh, okay. But like, if we have the fight, you defeat me and I'm sort of fading away into magical mist, and then I tell you what's going on, then I don't have to answer awkward questions, awkward follow-ups about the plot holes in the thing. Okay, and and you wanted to die and fade away into the... the... Well, no, obviously, but, like... So... You have the magical sword of destiny. I'm not going to win this. Right, so why don't you just tell me and we can get this over with? Yeah, but... The dramatic... Look at this cape. I'm all about the dramatic... It's a fabulous cape. Would you like to continue wearing it? I'm all about the dramatic flair, and if I'm going to tell you this, it has to be a dramatic event in which... I can't just tell you. Where's the flair in that? Look, how about this? You tell me, I'll let you live... And you can tell people all of the dramatic stories you like. You can make up whatever the fuck you want. And you can make it sound garish. You can hang out down the local evil villain's bar and be like, Oh, yeah, all this happened. <laughs> the thing. And I made my dastardly escape. Nah, nah, nah. See you in the <sighs> sequel. That's how you guarantee a sequel, right? Oh, How about this? I'll tell you. So long as you don't make it weird when I... I've fake my death here, because I need to have the death sequence. If that's what it requires for you. Oh, in my last moments, I must tell you, you and your twin were actually the gods all along. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, got me home, got me oh, home. It's nice, it's nice. <sighs> you uh, see that uh, shuttle take off the other day? Yeah, it was proper, proper good. Saw it fly right past, right past the roof. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you know the uh, the reason it took them 19 hours to get to the uh, ISS. Well, what I heard was that they had to do uh, several passes to gradually uh, raise their altitude and then slow down, you know, their their propulsion in time to uh, dock with the ISS, is what I heard. That's just what they want you to think, yeah. Right, right. What, yeah. What's, what's the real reason? What's well, the reason? they was trying to find that Tesla that they, they sent up there. Oh, the, the space car. Yeah, the space car, right. Yeah. The car that they littered lit space with for no reason. Yeah, right. What it turned out is, yeah, Elon Musk, yeah, left his 
phone in the glove box. Oh no, he needs that. He does, right? Because yeah, it's the phone he primarily plays Pokemon Go on. Yeah. Well, I mean, on top of that, it's where he's got all of the other, you know, asshole billionaires' phone numbers in. How's he going to hang out with his asshole billionaire friends without that? I mean, I assume they probably just send a butler around or something, maybe. But, uh, yeah, turns out he just wanted his shiny Charizard back, so they had to fly round and round and round looking for the car. Oh, so, yeah. And then, like, rescue that, and then, like, subtly just nip off to the ISS. Yeah, see, it's quite difficult to find a car in space because while there small. is, while there is only one parking space, well, it is, it all, is of all of space. It's quite a big parking space. The parking space. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, if he if they didn't manage to find it, I will give I will give Elon a shiny Charizard if he gives all his money away. All of his money. Yeah, yeah. all of it. I mean, I'll you know I'll be nice. I'll give him a hundred percent max RV shiny Charizard. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, make and, it worth his while. Yeah, and in return we will you know pay off the national debt of several countries. Sounds like a plan. Nice, nice. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How you, uh, how you doing? Oh, well, I am sad and angry, I think is probably the best way to describe it right now. I mean, yeah, that is, I think, the way a lot of people are right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, not to in any way sort of lessen the years of systematic oppression of, of black people in America, but, uh, you know, particularly the, the George Floyd incident, like, was just absolutely barbaric. Mm. The way people reacted to it, primarily white people. Yeah. In fact, almost entirely white people, as far as I can tell. You know, just like, well, you know, excuses, excuses, excuses. We heard back about things like the, the initial autopsy report. Like, what about underlying conditions? Get fucked. Get fucked on that point, yeah. Uh, systematic racism would be the underlying condition there, thank you yeah. very much. The underlying condition of, well, that knee's been on his neck for long enough, maybe it's a pre-existing condition now. I mean, that sounds pretty much like where that uh, police officer would have liked it to have gone. The yeah. fact that it took them, you know, they'd rest, arrested somewhere in the region of like 1,600 people across the country... Before they'd even taken the the police officer involved in custody, let yeah. alone the people, the other cops he was with, huh. all the people trying to make excuses about, well, why didn't the person filming like make uh, do something, step in? Because it was a seventeen-year-old girl exactly. who was probably bricking it that they they were going to be next. Exactly. Like you do not blame someone who stands by and is not in a position to be able to save someone's life. For a killing. You blame the person who killed them. Exactly. And the systematic uh, injustice that led to that person thinking, yeah, I can do this and I won't get any form of punishment. Yeah, and it is understandable that, you know, things have escalated from there. You know, we saw a number of, pro of protests going on from there. 
And then the police started rioting oh. to stop, you know, them being held accountable, which has just escalated things into violence. Indeed. Uh, countless peaceful protests have been escalated by police who have decided to start bringing in tear, tear gas and then destroying people's supplies of milk to uh, counteract the tear gas, firing rubber bullets, which are meant to be fired at a large distance, shot into the ground and allowed to refract. Uh, they've just been firing them at point-blank range at people. Within 30 feet, like, straight in people's faces, rather yep. than, you know, aiming for the body like they're supposed to. Yep, yep. It's... I do not blame any of the people out protesting for the for the escalation that is occurring. You know, the police are the ones here who are bringing out tanks and guns and... Turn it, trying to turn this into a war. The police forces should never. Police forces across America should never allow, have allowed to become as militarized as they had. But they do keep seem to be keep being sold ex-military hardware because yeah. you know the military has to spend all that you know trillion dollar budget to to keep getting the latest shiniest killing things. Yeah. So just so the people who are out there protesting right now, they they've got my full Absol- support. Absolute full support. You know, and you know. Regardless of what methods people choose to use to protest, still going to support them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, I mean, the, people have tried peaceful protesting. A video I saw yesterday of a, of a, a young man giving a very impassioned speech about wanting to understand yeah. and, uh, and, and uh, you know, and he respect was, and yeah. love and unity. He, and... he was kneeling in front of the police just going, look, I just want us to understand each other. And of the entire yeah. crowd of people, they nicked him. Yep. Like, yep. For, for what? What had he done? Oh, you know, yeah. Freedom of speech. The reason why he was nicked over the others was very clearly he was the one who was making a very good point about the police's brutality, so they had to get him out of there. You made us feel something, we better nick you. Ugh, it's and this is a that's that's also a recurring thing that we yeah. keep seeing. You know, in terms of well, we talked to the, uh, the 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 right police that were there, and they just started rotating the police. You know, because yeah. they realised that the police were communicating with us. They were acting like human beings, so they had to go. Yeah. On top of that, shooting at press. Um, it, reporters oh, yeah. reporters are getting shot at, which makes it difficult to cover these protests. Well, they don't want it covered. You know, well, they exactly. want the, they want their crimes to go completely hidden. This yeah. is this is getting absolutely disgusting, and you know I, I totally uh, I, I totally understand why there is the things the way they are, and it yeah. really does feel like if if things go on the way they are, it, are we looking at another American Civil War? I at this point wouldn't be surprised because they've called in the National Guard at this point. Yeah. Here's here's the thing: I keep seeing people going. Oh, you know, why don't they just peacefully protest? Why don't They've they just tried peacefully... it again yeah. and again and again? When when Colin Kaepernick, Colin, Cap- Colin Kaepernick is the perfect example where you go, he just kneeled, took a knee during the national anthem, and it's like, nope, you lost your job. That's not the way to protest. Yeah, and you know, people going, oh, it's terribly disrespectful, and vet- then veterans going, oh, it isn't. Yeah, we you know, we encourage that. You know actually. what? You know what is terribly disrespectful murdering people for no reason well well for, for the reason of racial prejudice yeah the, the the whole system in america is completely fucked as people have rightly pointed out like the the plantations just got turned into prisons indeed and the depressing thing is it's not necessarily any better around the world no it's just that america gave their cops so many guns that it is easier for them to kill 
Yeah, and the, like it is just like, bakes into the system the, the right system, from the ground up. It is, but the systematic issue of cops treating black people unfairly and or killing them is a persistent issue the world needs to tackle. Absolutely. No, nowhere more so than America right Absolutely. Now. I just hope this lights a fire under people and that, you know, perhaps we can get some, some systematic change Ho- uh, around the world. You know, hopefully yeah. this is a catalyst that we can just go, actually, it is time for a change. Yeah. Hopefully, this keeps going. I don't want to see these protests... Fizzle away. I don't want this to end up like was it uh, Portland last year yeah. when they, you know, it got as far as the National Guard being rolled in, curfews being initiated, and things just ground to a halt because people had no way to legitimately protest anymore. Yeah, the right to protest had been quashed. It and... felt, yeah, and it, it felt like um, I don't know if you remember the riots like uh, mid two thousands. Yeah. Uh, over the the death of a, a young black man in uh, North London, I believe mm, it was. Yeah. Like those riots went on for a, a week or so, and then sort of petered out just just because of the way it was being handled. Yeah, like it it really felt like again like these things felt like they are just on the tipping point. Like yeah. this, this is the, the case. It is is <sighs> bad everywhere, and it is. I think it is just going to take a, a catalyst like this. That hopefully we can finally get some systematic change. And I feel like if there's ever one that might have the power to do it, it might be this one. Having watched people successfully storm the gates of the White House, oh, like yes. it's people are really going for it this time, and I really fucking hope that they get some change. I, I wish all the best of luck to to everyone over there, everyone out protesting, people around the world who are joining in solidarity with that. And I hope that we see see some very yeah. legitimate changes as a result of that. And until then, there's not much I can do from here other than signal boost voices and donate yeah. to bail funds. Donate to bail fun- funds, you know, help, uh, you know, boost uh, black voices and, you know, make sure that you are being very careful not to just trounce all over the Black Lives Matter hashtag with things like Blackout Tuesday. Because yeah. that is currently being used as like a, a real-time communication tool, so don't make... just post black squares on it. Exactly. Purge <sighs> <sighs> it, lug, mate. Yeah. Oh, good old mate. Good, good old Nice, nice. So I'll uh, pop the kettle on. Yeah, so all the hype. We'll uh, have cups of tea. Yeah. So, Laura. Me. Um, where can we find you upon the internet? I'll keep it really simple this week. Laura K. Buzz in all the places Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, all of that stuff. I have a video series I've been doing, and I'm quite proud of it. Uh, I'm doing more edited YouTube videos recently about mm-hmm. uh, accessibility and representation in video games. If you check out my YouTube channel, Laura K. Buzz, search for Accessibility. It is is a series that I'm doing that has Justin, who edits the Jimquisition, is editing those videos and doing lots of videos about about more people getting to play games or see themselves in games. Looks real profesh. I'm real proud of it, and I hope that uh, people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on a bunch of podcasts, I do a bunch of books. Uh, we'll skim over them for this week, don't you? They do the whole spiel. What about you? What do you do? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. You can find me at Stone Monkey Radio on Patreon. 
I think that'll do. Yeah. Well then, I think that's everything. Should I uh, sing, sing us out? out well, until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>